Yeah, welcome back for the second hour of the show. And Butes, we're coming to you live from the Man Cave. What do you enjoy most about that first hour? Um, so many cracking guests mate, and yeah. a lot of local sport as well. Yeah, it was. It was great to hear. And, and you know, I love Luke King and, and the stuff around uh, the Formula One and what's happened there with Daniel Ricciardo. Obviously, he's doing amazing stuff and, and how well he's performing uh, in his new series. Um, you know, he's clearly a driver who's got plenty of ability. But, you know, when I look at our other guests, um, you know, the local content, and thinking about, you know, the, the local footy in the finals and the AFL, there's got some cracker games coming up, Steve. Yeah, absolutely. The all-Central Coast matchup in the AFL between Kalani Val Bombers and Terrigal Avoca. Looking forward to that. But also to hear from Dane Allen. So the guy, as you heard, has won five premierships and played in seven. Mate, and he, and he, he said those on. he could pass that experience on. It's going to be amazing. Well, he said those two that he lost, they're the ones that keep him up at night. Um, as I dare say, there's one that keeps you up. I know exactly <laughs> what he's talking about, and he's 100 percent right. You know what? And they talk about it in the NRL. And I remember when I was working there in the match review committee, they talk about you know all games were the same. And I said, you know what? I only ever played in one grand final. I can assure you, it's, it was completely different to the other 262 games that I played. It meant so much more and it hurt so much more. Uh, And, you know, that's coming from people who haven't played the game, who don't realise how important, how significant playing in a grand final is. And, you know, to have that experience in their locker room is going to be invaluable for that Aaron Eagle side. Yeah, and Dane also said to me off the air that he feels like once upon a time, and Tony Clark will back this up, that... Central Coast Rugby League was revered and you'd pick up the local paper and there'd be pages on the local competition. And nowadays, with the way the print media has gone, that we basically don't have a paper, it's online these days, there's not the same buzz. And, yeah, he was delighted that we're, you know, that we're covering the game and that we're doing it at MBN TV as well. Yeah, it's fantastic. And, you know, what? so many people still are interested in the local content and what's going on there. And don't worry, they'll get a big crowd down there. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, and if Tukli get to the big one, wow. I mean, you know, that could be a sellout down at Woi Woi, whatever capacity is down there. I have no doubt, mate. Let's, let's try and get to Luffy because we've got plenty to talk about when it comes to <laughs> AFL, mate. That's what I know. Yeah, well, last week was just incredible. Uh, there were so many blowouts, but Collingwood versus Carlton was one of the best home and away games you would ever see. Uh, joining us right now to discuss that in the final series, Sydney Swans legend Troy Luff. Good morning, mate. Welcome back to the show. Morning, Buttes and Steve. And oh, look, it, it was a great game. And, and Carlton got themselves into a position at three-quarter time where they had to absolutely stuff up to not make the finals. And that's exactly what they did. They they blew a, a match-winning margin. Now, they, they've been in the top eight since round one. So it took up until the last couple of hours of the home and away season for them to drop out of the top eight. And they, they only have themselves to blame. They... Forwards, they kicked four goals, eight between them. Kerno kicked two goals, five. Um, McKay, two goals, three. And you need to – and some of the, the shots they missed were absolute sitters. And then, and then not, to not even score a goal in the last quarter, they panicked. They they threw the ball away. They made bad decisions. And in the end, I'm, I'm sure, you know, we're, we're a week – well, nearly a week since that game. And, and there'll be players still shattered that they're not playing in, in a week's time. And – as I said, they have nothing to, to blame. And, and you can tell Buttes what the crowd was for a home and away game. It's irrelevant, mate. It's irrelevant. But what I will say, Luffy, is the fact that... 88,000 people. Home and away game. Not a final. Home and away. 88,000 people. 
Phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. They'll turn up to any Melbourne people, that's for sure. Yeah, but, and but, they, they but, are and the, you know what? They weren't disappointed either. But they are the traditional rivals. So, yeah. you know, this is a rivalry that goes back to the 1970s. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Luffy. I mean, they played in some epic grand finals back then, and it was usually the Navy Blues that got over the top. Well, it was 1970. That was the big one. And that's when uh, Coach Ron Barassi uh, put on a player, Hopkins. I can't remember his first, John Hopkins, uh, Hopkins anyway. And he kicked three or four goals in the last quarter to, again, it was it was opposite to what happened last weekend. They turned the tables and had a massive win. And I think there was a hundred and – I think that was the biggest crowd, 110,000 people, because back then they actually let them used to uh, sit on the fence, as in on the ground, around the boundary. There were thousands of people sitting around the boundary. and So you imagine 110,000 people at the MCG. It's just insane. And, yeah, it, it's it, back in the day it was always Carlton that won and now that's been turned and it's now Collingwood that wins. Yeah. Luffy, uh, before you go any further, and we've got a lot of finals to take a look at, but what's it like to run onto the G? I mean, it must just be the Paul Kelly song where it'd feel like you're taking leaps and bounds and you had one of your best ever games in a losing grand final for the Sydney Swans, but try to paint a picture of what it feels like to be on the G. Oh, look, I mean, it obviously depends on the game and you know, going going around in the, the last Saturday in September on grand final day, there was 90-odd thousand people there and just to run out onto the ground. And at the time, I, I ran alongside Paul Ruse and I just turned to him and said, Hey, just have a look at this. Just look around. It was just, um, it's it's a party atmosphere, you know. And and I've played the MCG in front of ten thousand people when it was pouring rain and no one was there. So, but the ground itself, when you stand out in the middle of the MCG and just look around, it's a it's an amazing stadium. It's it is one of the best in the world, and it has one of the biggest capacities in the world. And when it's full. On grand final day, it is just such a sensation. And and Robbie Williams, he's going to be performing oh, this year at the grand final. How good is that? That is good. It's fantastic. You know, there's a couple of things I love about that. The fact that he's the best concert I've ever seen, Robbie Williams. He's absolutely brilliant and a great entertainer. The MCG, I would love to have had the opportunity to run out there and play out there. Like, you know, to, to go down there and watch Origin down there, to go watch some AFL games. It is just, you're right, Luffy, it's one of the great stadiums in the world. Yeah, you weren't far off, Buttes, because, like, uh, the origin was there in the early 90s. Yeah, exactly right. But it was just one of those things where it was just, it's a phenomenal stadium and there's just so much atmosphere and, I guess, And what's what's also good about the stadium is where it's located. It's in the middle of the city and the whole precinct is just sports field. You've got Amy Stadium there, obviously, where the Storm play or whatever it's called now. You've got the Tennis Centre right next door. The whole precinct is just sport there's so much sport that goes on there and so on the day if you're a spectator just going to the ground the pubs are full the whole area is just full of supporters and it's just great atmosphere that's even before you get into the game and once the game starts it is it's just a and i'm sure buttes asked some of his you know former teammates or, or rugby league mates have got to play there in state of origin just how the atmosphere would have been. It's it it's there is nothing in Australia and you know there's not many around the world that, that create an atmosphere like that at the MCG. Yeah, it is so true, mate. Now, th- obviously, after what happened last weekend, and you know we've worked out who was in the top eight, who finishes where. Uh, it's a free weekend this weekend, um, <laughs> and I, I'd just like to get your thoughts on it because. It's very unusual for this to occur, but you know, I think this is the second or third year that they've done well, this. Well, like you said to me, Buttes, off, off the air, you said that it's just a free hit to every other code, in particular the NRL. Yeah, exactly right. So I'd love to get your thoughts, Luffy. How do you see this? Is it a benefit for the players? Do they just want to keep going through the season and, and get into the final straight away? 
Some do and some don't. And if you've only got to look back at the Western Bulldogs a few years ago that they won the premiership um, from lower down on the ladder. And they had players that wouldn't have played the first week of the finals due to injury, but yeah. they were able to play because they had the week off. And so from a player's perspective, a lot of them see that week off that, you know, it's been a long season. They they love having that break. Um, and, and also for players now with the concussion rule, the AFL's adopted last year that you need to have, I think it's a 10 day break. Now, someone like Tom Patley, he was concussed last weekend. If they were playing this weekend, he wouldn't be allowed uh, able to play. But because they're playing Friday week, it means he can play. He's eligible to play. Even if there's nothing wrong with him, with the AFL's concussion rule, you have to miss the next week. So, you know, for players, for spectators and fans, it's it. they get to the weekend and they scratch their heads going, what am I going to do now? Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, there's no football. I mean, I, I just actually went to the AFL app just before to look for the teams for this weekend and went, oh, hang on, there's no game this weekend. I mean, there is AFLW, but, you know, some people do watch that and, and good luck to them. And the Sydney Thorns are in the competition and all that. It's, it's fantastic. But, you know, for the for the avid footy fan, it's just there's a weekend off. They, they don't know what to do. Yeah, well, I love the AFLW uh, and I love the NRLW as well. It kicked off last week and mm. I think women's sport is just thriving at the moment on all levels. Buttes? Yeah, I Look, I agree with you, Steve. I'm going to look at the at the finals and the way they're going to play out, Luffy. First one being Brisbane versus Richmond, uh, 6v7. That's on Thursday. Uh, Melbourne-Sydney, big game that uh, Sydney didn't quite get the uh, the for and against they needed against. A St Kilda. St Kilda the week before. I always thought that was a danger game, the game against the Saints. Yeah. And I wasn't too impressed with Fremantle up against GWS. That was in Canberra. So the doggies sneak in because of Carlton's loss. Yep. But let's see what Luffy thinks. Firstly, Thursday night footy at the Gabba. Yeah, well, Brisbane's form hasn't been great lately, and, and Richmond has. Uh, it's going to be a tough game for the Tigers. Is it the Gabba? That's the big advantage. But if you just look at Brisbane's form, they have have really struggled. And, you know, it's they're going to need their crowd to get them over the line. And I just think Richmond, they, they are the best at finals. We know that from past years. And you know, they have two, three premierships and – and if there was ever going to be a favourite that's outside of the top four, Richmond would have to be it. And and I reckon they'll even start favourites against the Lions, even though it's at the Gabba. It, it's going to be a tough game. Like I I want the Lions to win. I do like Brisbane. You know they 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 were down and out for many many years. In the last few years, they've come good. But on the weekend, some of their key forwards, Hipwood, just just didn't get a touch. Jeremy, uh, uh, Joey Danaher, he he just he hasn't been doing enough. They're going to lose uh, Cam Rayner through suspension on, for his tackle on Ben Brown, so that's a big loss. Uh, but you know you expect the guys like Lockie Neal and McCluggage, uh, you know Daniel Rich, they'll stand up in the finals, and you know, it, it's going to be tough. I'd like to see Brisbane win, but I really think Richmond will be favourites. There's a couple of massive question marks. Can Geelong keep their role going? I mean, it's been a while between flags. You'd know the exact stats, Luffy, and they've been the best team all year. But can they get the job done in the finals? But can Melbourne continue their role and they take on Sydney Swans? What a game that'll be. Well, Geelong first. I think they're up to 13 games in a row, and... To be honest, they haven't really been tested the last 30, as in they've played so well that, yeah, they might have been down and out in the first quarter. I think it was the Western Bulldogs. They they were four or five goals down. They ended up beating them by four or five goals. That They just keep coming good, and they've got such a deep list. They've got players that, are, that aren't playing that are senior players. So, you know, I think Geelong, for me, is probably the number one 
premiership contender. And I feel sorry for Geelong fans and the players. They don't get to actually play at Cadinia Park. It's, mm. it's a home final. They've, they've earned the right by finishing on top of the ladder. They play all their home games in Geelong. But because of the capacity and because it's not finished yet, the stadium is not finished, they have to play at the MCG. The other game, Swans-Melbourne. Well, we know the Swans beat Melbourne earlier this year at, uh, at the MCG, and they, they've learned the recipe on how to beat them. Melbourne's form a little bit up and down as well. They, you know, If it wasn't for the Swans' poor game on Sunday, it would have been at the SCG. They needed to win by about six or seven goals. And they just they just didn't play very well. A lot of players were down. They missed some opportunities. They were nearly five goals up at one point, but then they just let it slip with some easy shots for goal. And but you know the good thing with the Swans is they're guaranteed a home final. So if they win this week, they get a prelim final at the SCG. If they lose, they'll get a qualifying final at the semi final at the SCG next week or the hey, week after. Hey, by the way, the uh, best attacking team in the comp. Richmond Tigers, two thousand one hundred and sixty-five points this year. Closely followed by the Brisbane Lions, 2,147. Next is the Cats, 2,146. I've always thought, Luffy, I've always thought the best defensive team are always going to be hard to beat in finals footy. And if you have a look at that, there's three teams. Well, The Dockers are the best. Yeah, yeah, there's three teams. Uh, Melbourne's number one. They've conceded 1,483. Fremantle, 1,486. The Cats... 1,488. Now, what, what we need, Buttes, is, is Steve to actually tell us what that means per game because the people listening have no idea what he's talking it's about. Just a, so, it's just a lot of points. That's all it is. So is that like 80 points per game? You know, what quickly, what's 22 divided by 1,400? <laughs> Come on, Steve. Hey, early in the show, we call Buttes Pythagoras. She's about 64 <laughs> points, I think, mate, give or take. But what about that final game, Luffy? Bulldogs versus uh, Fremantle. How do you think that'll play out? Yeah, well, the Bulldogs, you know, they scraped in and they didn't know they were playing finals literally until two hours to go at the home and away season. They 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 were up there earlier in the year and they struggled and then their form came good at the right time. And, and look, they were a chance to lose on the weekend as well. Um, they were down and out and then all of a sudden they came home and they're, they're a threat. They're like Richmond. They are a threat. On their day, they can beat anybody. And, I, you know, Fremantle Dockers' form was okay this year like because of their defensive work that's what's won them games not because they're attacking they don't score big they don't have high goal kickers um so coming up against the western bulldogs who love to play that run and carry and get in the forward line quick and they've got plenty of players that can kick goals that's the threat for Fremantle. so you know as much as it's it's in perth and there'll be a sellout over there. I think it's 60-odd thousand that the stadium holds now. I really do think the Bulldogs have no fear going to Perth Stadium to play the, the Dockers. What I do know, Luffy, based on what you've told me, it's going to be a great final series, and I'm really looking forward to next weekend. Uh, some news this week uh, out at Essendon with the coach, Ben Rutten, being sacked. Oh. Uh, what, are you, what are your thoughts on that and how it all played out? Obviously, the CEO, he then stood down uh, a couple of days later. It looks like a bit of a uh, train wreck at the moment. Well, I watched the press conference after the Essendon game and Brett, Brett Rutten just said, I want to continue coaching this club. I believe we've got the players to do so. I'm committed, blah, blah, blah. And then the next day, gone. That, that was, you know, For whatever he, he said, I'm sure those that were going to sack him the next day were sitting there just actually panicking, thinking, you know what, we've got to tell him tomorrow that he's not coaching anymore while he's standing there saying how much he wants to keep coaching. So, I mean, look, You've got to feel for coaches, and he'll be he'll be the third coach 
that left Essendon in the last five or six years now, and now they're going to have to find another one. And I guess he would have known the writing was on the wall when it was made public that Essendon were trying to get Alistair Clarkson to come and coach them when Brett Rutten was still the coach. So you, you knew that something was going to happen. So they made a play for Clarkson. He said, no, he's gone back to North Melbourne. Um, GWS, they've announced their new coach as well. Yep. And now Essendon has to find another new coach. So, you know, there's been a few coaches that have been shown the door in the last couple of weeks. Uh, and as we'll find out in the next month, players are going to be shown the door as well. Yeah, well, Luffy, in terms of Game of Thrones, what does it mean for our mate Mark McVeigh, who's missed out on the GWS job? Where do you think he'll end up? Well, look, I, I I believe he'd probably stay on as an assistant coach. Uh, he's a he's a well, he's not a Sydney boy. He's actually a Central Coast boy, but you know he's close to home. Uh, he's he's been there for a long time. He's got a good rapport with the players. So, you know, without knowing him personally and asking him, I'd I'd say he'd want to stay with GWS unless he now puts his hand up for the Essendon job if he wants to be a head coach. That's the other thing. So, um, he he did say he wanted to coach GWS, uh, but they end up saying no. So, you know, you'd assume that he probably will stay. But the Giants are going to need a big clean out as well, not just from the the players, but for the coaching staff. You know, for a team that made the grand final three years ago, uh, missed out in the finals by a lot this year. You know, they they only won three games under Mark McVay. So, you know, there's going to be a bit of a clean out there in the the match committee and the coaching staff as well. Is uh, the answer for the Bombers club legend uh, James Hurd? Will they bring him back? You don't, you know, like sentimentally, yes, you would. Um, but can, but can he coach? That's the other thing. You know, he's he's been working with the Giants this year. Um, so you look at the Giants' record. <laughs> um, so yeah, can he coach? That's the question. I, you know, I don't know the answer to that. So he'd probably be wanted back by the club, and you know, the players and the and the staff and the supporters would welcome him back with open arms. But but he needs to coach a team and he needs to get them out of the doldrums that they're in at the moment. They played the finals last year, Essendon, you know, and even though they got belted in the finals, they still made the finals. And now, you know, they were way, way off this year. And, you know, that, that needs to change. Hey, Luffy, what about you? Are you playing finals footy at the tender age of 59? I am. Uh, bright and early. Uh, got to drive all the way out to East Coast Eagles. We... We win, we're into the grand final. So uh, I'm uh, pretty nervous, penance. pretty excited. Well, last week we had a we played the, the second team and uh, we won by five, um, 10 goals. So, you know, we're, we're hoping hoping that it's not going to be left up to the old bloke at full forward, <laughs> that we can get the job done and I can take myself off and prepare for a grand final in a couple of weeks. Yeah, fantastic, mate. And you've had the opportunity to play with your son as well and that would have been so special for you. It was this year. He came down and he plays for Burley. He's actually, funny enough, he's playing the same day as me. And if he wins, they're straight in the grand final. So we're both, uh, you know, wishing each other well. And he came down during the year and we did a a registration transfer and he came and played uh, with us against North Shore in Division 2, and we kicked 10 goals between us. I kicked eight, he kicked two. So, uh, but, what, but what was good, though, was in the last quarter, there was uh, he, he tried it a few times during the game, but he finally got a, a centre break, looked up, kicked it to his dad. His dad took a mark and kicked the goal, and it was awesome. So, it was Luffy yeah. to Luff. Luff to <laughs> Luff. There it is. Beautiful. A little Luffy to big Luffy, uh, and uh, he kicked the goal. So that was what, very exciting. That's what dreams are made of, my friend. Oh, it was exciting. I mean, the whole day, the pre- preparation, waking up, having breakfast together, driving to the game, and then 
driving home from the game, talking about it. And yeah, it was it was just fantastic. We're gonna try again next year as well. Yeah, oh, then awesome. a then a lazy ten between yeah, yeah. Luff and Luff. Hey, yeah. uh, thank you, mate. Can you believe we're getting the wind up from our producer back at headquarters? So uh thank you so much. Uh we'll talk soon during the AFL final series. No, we will. And uh, I heard you've got a weekend away, Steve, but I won't actually tell the listeners where you're going because we know how these Steve Allen stalkers, they, they'll end up following you as well. So I don't want to cause any trouble where you're going. So have a great weekend away. Yeah, will do, mate. Uh, glad you mentioned that because uh, it's for the wedding anniversary, celebrating the 31st wedding anniversary this weekend. With Well, you definitely don't need the stalkers interrupting that then. <laughs> uh, Troy Love joining us, AFL legend, former Sydney Swans champion, and off to another break. This is Saturdays on the Coast on SEN.